Section 22 of Birds and Nature, Volume 10, Number 1, June 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by E. Sharp. Section 22. Jim Crow and His Cousins While much can be said about the beauty and grace of birds of brilliant plumage, and those of soul-stirring song, there is as much to be written concerning those noted for their sagacity and cunning. Some have selected the parrot as the model in this particular, and the choice is not a mistake. There is, however, a tribe which all may observe, more or less, while a story relating to their habits or pranks will ever find willing listeners. The crow is the best known of this genus, and grouped with him are the chuff, the raven, the rook, and the jackdaw. All of these may be tamed, and afterward may be taught to use the language of man. The plumage of the crow in the northern parts of the world is black, and we are so accustomed to that color that to speak of a white or of a spotted crow might subject one to ridicule. Yet in many parts of the world such crows are found. Some are gray and black, and some species are larger than others. They are characterized by a comparatively short tail, long wings, and a strong, rather conical beak. Crows are distinguished from ravens by their smaller size, and by the feathers of the neck blending with those of the body, while on the ravens the neck feathers are pointed and distinct. The crow family is widely distributed, but crows, as properly understood, are mainly inhabitants of the north temperate zone. They are intelligent, wary birds, when persecuted, and are practically omnivorous, feeding upon fish, fowl, eggs, snakes, frogs, crabs, shellfish, grubs, fruits, seeds, and berries. The common crow of North America is particularly abundant in the eastern United States, and is looked upon as the inveterate foe of the farmer on account of the amount of injury he inflicts on growing crops, and especially upon corn. There is, however, a credit side to the account in the destruction of grubs. But as the crow is by nature such a pilferer, he must be regarded as harmful in many ways. In the fall and winter these glossy birds assemble by thousands in great roosts or rookeries. One of these roosts on the Potomac above Washington has been estimated to harbor 40,000 crows, while others are still larger. In the gray of the morning, the birds leave in clamorous crowds for their feeding grounds, often many miles away, and in the afternoon may be seen winging their way homeward in long lines, high above the earth in fair weather, low down in fowl. The eastern fish crow, frequently found in company with the others, is a smaller bird, and can be readily distinguished by its hoarse caw. The carrion crow of Europe and Asia closely resembles the North American crow in form, size, and habits, but is perhaps a little more destructive, 
attacking and killing lambs or even weakly sheep. The hooded crow, found in northern and eastern Europe, and in many parts of Asia, is gray, with black head, throat, wings, and tail. The gray-necked crow of India is a small but bold and mischievous species, often stealing the very food from the table. On the other hand, it does much good as a scavenger, forming an able adjunct to the vultures in this respect. An interesting story is told of a crow of this species, which had been tamed and petted until it behaved much as would a spoiled child. Old Krusty, as he was called, would actually take the food away from the dog while he was eating, not by open encounter, for that would have deprived him of his fun, but he would tease the poor canine until he barked from vexation, then snatch up the prey and triumphantly bear it off to a neighboring tree, where he ate it at his leisure, while the dog stood looking at him and uselessly venting his rage in loud, threatening barks. The annual muster of the crows, like that of blackbirds, is a scene very amusing as well as mysterious. It has been my privilege to witness a few such gatherings, but to me there seemed more noise than meaning. It is said by naturalists, however, that the most extraordinary meetings of the crows occur in northern Scotland. There they collect in great numbers, as if they had all been summoned for the occasion. A few of the flock sit with drooping heads, and others seem grave as judges, while others again are exceedingly active and noisy. One authority says, These meetings will sometimes continue for a day or so before the object, whatever it may be, is completed. Crows continue to arrive from all quarters during the session. As soon as all have arrived, a very general noise ensues, and shortly after, the whole fall upon one or two individuals and put them to death. When the execution has been performed, they quietly disperse. The chuff is a red-legged crow, and is one of the most mischievous birds of his genus. He carefully examines everything he finds, then carries it away if he can. And if there be a collection of anything to which he has access, he is sure to scatter it in all directions. Those which have been converted into pets have proven very affectionate, but they are easily offended and will often vent their spite in a most annoying, yet very amusing manner. The raven is very much like the crow in his habits, but is more given to fighting and to burglary than his shy cousin. He is a great tease also, and will often attack children and even grown-up people just for fun. By this it can be seen that the raven is more susceptible to taming than the crow, while no old crow can steal so many articles or hide them as completely as the raven. They are quick to make friends with dog or man, but, like the chuff, are very troublesome foes once offended. The rook is a European bird, and though the farmer recognizes in him a destroyer of his young crops, he must admit that without the rook he would save little or none of his crop. 
Worms constitute the favorite food of this bird, wherefore many a husbandman has learned that it is best to endure the disadvantages of a rookery merely for the sake of his harvests. For one queer habit of rooks is that they will frequent the same spot all their lives, and it is next to impossible to dislodge them from their abode. The jackdaws are the boldest of the genus, and have a very remarkable don't-care look. They frequent high towers, hollow trees, and even appropriate to their own use the loftiest parts of the English castles. They choose their mates for life, and do not live in communities. They assemble in flocks, however, when cherries begin to ripen, and will soon rob a tree if the owner is not on guard. An amusing story is told of a tame jackdaw. While pilfering one day, he found a half-glass of whiskey which had been left upon a table, and on tasting it, he liked it so much that he drank a quantity. In a few moments, symptoms of intoxication began to appear. His wings dropped, and his eyes were half-closed. He staggered toward the end of the table, probably intending to fly to the floor, but he had either lost the power of his wings, or he was afraid to trust them. He stood, seemingly meditating on what he should do, all the while reeling like a drunken man about to lose his balance. Presently his eyes were shut, and he fell over on his back with his legs in the air, exhibiting every sign of death. An attempt was made to put some water down his throat, but he could not swallow it. He was then rolled in a piece of flannel, laid in a box, and locked away in a closet. All the family, with whom he was a great pet, never expected to see him on his legs again. Next morning, about six o'clock, the door was opened, with the expectation of finding Jackie dead. But he had freed himself from the flannel, and as soon as the door was open, he flew out and hurried away to a basin-shaped stone, out of which the fowls drank, and copiously allayed his thirst. He repeated this several times that day, and was none the worse for his exploit, but, with more forbearance than those who are endowed with reason, he never again would touch whiskey. End of section 22